Hi, Ashraf. This is Connor from Squash World. How, how are you today? Hi, Connor. Uh, pleasure to have you and uh, never meet, as you said, and it's good to have me here. Okay, well, you, you are everything Egyptian, everything I know about Egyptian. So you have a very sneaky game, crafty game. I remember seeing you playing about uh, 25 years ago in Aachen yeah. in Germany. Yeah. So you are, tell, tell us a little bit about your involvement with Egyptian squash, your journey to uh, Germany and back to Egypt. Yes. Well, I, I went to Germany, I think, 88, 87 maybe, yes. I stayed there for 10 years. I changed pro very late because of my ex-job. Uh, I had to work as a teacher at Police Academy for a long, long time. Uh, and I got a bachelor in law, so I had to study for a very long time, whatever. I turned to Germany for around 10 years, 12 years. It was very successful years. I liked it very much. I improved a lot there. And I mixed our Egyptian way with the new skills, which I got it through my professional career. Um, 1997, I think, I made a very good friend, he was the president of the Egyptian Association, Hassan Nasser, and he asked me to come and to, to run the Egyptian team. In that time, Egypt was not so good as it is now. So I came back to Egypt in 97, and they got the first junior team. I was the national coach for the junior team. Uh, and when I talk about junior team, I talk about the team of, of uh, I think we were 55 players in the national team, starting from under 11 till under 19. I had something like six or seven coaches with me, two fitness trainers. It's a, it was a full big program. And 98, we went to the world. The team was uh, Karim Darwish, Wael Hendi, Mohammed Abbas, Hassan Qiyai, and Akram, and Mohammed Ismail. And Surprisingly, we, we beat Pakistan, we seeded number one, and we lost to England uh, in the final 2-1, 10-8 in the fifth, <laughs> I still remember. Nice. So that was my beginning of the journey in Egypt. And then I went through, I take over uh, the, the national team for juniors, for seniors, and I trained dozen of world champions, let's say, like, something like that. So we're seeing, I mean, I'm, I'm quite surprised uh... I think if you are head of your, so your federation at the time, the, the, the president was very smart. And I see a lot of presidents are not even, they ask what your secret is. They should know what your secret is. It's called organization. Uh, common sense, having the players together with a fitness coach. Um, where, where can we see this? We can't really see it in England. We, can't, we can see a little bit of it in France. What about in Asia, Malaysia? Is this where it's, it's more likely to come? You're going to have trouble with your matches, Malaysians, Singaporeans, Asian countries? Yes. They're, they're well, more organized? Hong Kong, Malaysia. Yeah, Hong Kong is good. Malaysia is good. Uh, Hong Kong has a Chris, Chris Robinson, he's a great guy. Yeah. Uh, Malaysia. Was, is very good. England still doing well. US is doing well. Uh, but I believe in, in the last years, we have a really a good, very good system in Egypt. So um, it's not working with the association because as you said, there are some smart people 
they are the president of the association and some really they are not the right ones. Mm -hmm. So I was talking about a very smart guy who was really collecting um, um, coaches from all over the world to come back to Egypt. I still remember we went to conference in Hong Kong and we were something like 10 coaches. He sent 10 coaches to Hong Kong just to learn in that time. And I have the privilege to say something about the Egyptian squash in that time. But if I talk about those coaches, they were after that dominating the Egyptian squash. And we went up and we go through with the juniors. And before we had only juniors, but now I think we are dominating juniors and seniors, boys and girls. So, so really, I mean, there's no surprise if you don't, you can put the work in, but you also need the investment. And the respect for coaches, this is one thing. I, I have uh, Egyptian clients, they're always very charming. And it's always coach, coach, coach. I have so much respect from the parents. Um, this is what we spoke about with Maxime, you know Maxime Weathers? Yes, sure. Yeah, this is what we're speaking about. Right. Yeah, this I, is what I we're see talking your conversation about, yeah. very well. Yeah, yes. So this is what we're talking about, the environment. So you have created the environment like from A to Z, basically. So you have the parents, you have the schooling, you have the coaching, but within the coaching, you have strengthening, you have speed work, you have every single part of the game which is covered. Possibly, now I'm gonna put you on the spot here. That's the name of the game. Possibly in the mental side of the game, because everyone says that everyone's into mental side these days, it's, it's fashionable. When you have a world champion or a world number one who's coaching his wife 20 minutes before he's going on for his own match, to me, that's not mental preparation. Yes. Well, I, I was the, the head coach for the team who won 2018 in France. We, we won the world championship after six years absent, although we have the top 10 players. And they had a team of, of Rania Ashur, Karim Abdelgawad, Ali Farag, and Marwan Shobagi. So you could imagine how high is the level of those boys. Yeah. Uh, two easy things for me. I trained all of them when they were young. So yeah. the relationship is really very, very close. And secondly, how to prepare uh, a player. All of them, they know that the difference between the top 10 is only mental. All the top 10 players could do everything. I don't think that one may be a little faster than the other. One maybe his skills and technique is a little better. But who is tough? He's going, who's going to win? So in 2017, I tell you something, we have a really a very good preparation, a very serious program, a very short, yes, it was one month maybe before the tournament, I got the job. Uh, but my presentation to them, I think it was in 50, 50 sheets. Every one of them, he knows from the very first match till the last match, who, has, who, who, who will play against and what's the results head to head. And what do you think if we play against uh, France in the semi? And what will happen if we play against England in the final? And what will happen if we play Pakistan in the first round? So we got really a lot of possibilities, a lot of learning head-to-head, -head, a lot of plans, a lot of meetings before and after. Yeah. Uh, in the lunch, in the dinner, really, what we have to do tomorrow, in the morning. So the, everything was really tough and it's a lot of work. 
and maybe it's surprising to say the team which played the final had been changing the morning of the final. Right. So we decided to play with the team and in the Rani training morning in the final day, he got a little injured. So we changed everything and it's so to prepare a player that he's not going to play in that time was Karim Gawad. Uh, we wanted to surprise England to play with Rami in street and to pull Karim was number one, by the way. Uh, but then to let him play and then, so it's mentally, mentally, I believe for all players, this is the thing where they have to put in brain from the very beginning till the end. Because when they go to the top, the mental toughness is the most important skill for the profession. Right. So thank you for that. So we also see you have Egyptians, even if they don't get on sometimes with each other, like everybody else. You seem to have a better community than the other other countries. So when you see an Egyptian playing, there's always three, four players. They wait and they watch. You don't see this in other countries, not very often. Is that correct? Yes, yes. I, I believe one of the keys why the Egyptians are very good that uh, ninety percent of the players they are living in Cairo, and ten percent they are living in Alexandria, which is two hundred meters, two hundred kilometers away from Cairo. So it's easy to collect four or five players to play um, around Ruben. It's easy to let players play and the juniors are watching after. It's very, very normal and very common that after the match between top 10, maybe two of the world champions are playing a match and after that, every one of them plays one game with a junior. So they are around and the juniors are watching. And... I think we are clever to, to say something and to say, well, they are playing until I start my training. I collect my players and we sit together and we analyze the game. And I ask them, what do you think about that? Why he played that? What's happened if he plays drop instead of cross, lop instead of, of uh, drop shots or straight, whatever. So we analyze the game very well and we try to get the best. And as you know, our way is to play the unexpected shots in unexpected time. And this is our key. Right. It's a lot of work to do it, but yeah. it's good. As you said, it's very good advantage for us to get all players in one place and also to keep the generations. The young players are playing with the older and so on. Yeah. This, this is what's lacking, I think, in the, the, other, the former powers of squash, where it's a very caste system. Uh, by your by your level, so you won't have as much this. That's for sure. So the senior yeah. players will not be playing the juniors. They don't want to play them, and even amongst professionals, they don't they don't see how they can benefit even from playing a, a player who's a bit weaker than themselves, which is which is a mistake to me. A mistake. No, it, it is very very important. I still remember 2004 when we we went to play. Uh, in the junior world championship in, in Pakistan. And Rami Ashur was engine at that time. I think he did operation in December and they let him play. And he won the tournament first time ever. He was not even 17 and he won in Pakistan. So we got the Pakistani team, eight players, and we got, I still remember something like 96 friendly matches. Right. And in that time, so that was, yes, it was crazy. It was, we were playing six matches in the morning and six matches in the evening. So it's 12 matches per day. Right. And as my job in that time, I did every single day in a different club. Right. So we have 12 matches a day, 
in Heliopolis Club, in Il Ahli Club, in Sumuha Club. We went to Alexandria for two clubs. So I let all the players all over the watch the matches. And it was a very, very good preparing for us. Rami was not in the team because he was injured. But then one month later, he went there and he won the individual league. So uh, playing, watching, analyzing, it's a lot of important things yeah. for the skills. For sure. So now on to the women's side of the game. So uh, the success story of Egypt is not just to, to men. The women, when they come back from there and they win world championships, there's people waiting for them at the airport. Um, they're on TV all the time. You have within your Black Ball Club and other clubs, marketing managers, you know? Yes. It's you're promoting the squash like, and, and, and people are wondering how you get to a level of play, but it's not just the level of play, it's the level of the community and the professionalism in clubs. You have clean clubs. You have, uh, I think in your Black Ball Club, 16 courts, you have 32 coaches, correct? Yes, 16 yeah. courts and three, we, it's already done, but we need just, we, we use them for gymnastic. I think yeah. soon we will have the three courts. Yeah. And we are thinking to build another eight courts because courts are fully from yeah. The evening, all evening and all morning if it's off, if it's yeah. off for the schools, yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I see that sometimes. Yes. It's, it's a shame to not trainers. see it. So, sorry? 32 uh, coaches, yes. We yeah. have uh, something like uh, 20 for the team and 8 for the academy right. and 5 for fitness. Okay. I mean, that, that's amazing. Um, in my whole area in Switzerland, uh, so probably for 60 courts with one full-time coach. <laughs> um, you know, I, it's so frustrating because I would love more coaches. It's not that I push them away or anything. I'm, I'm in three clubs. I'd love to have more coaches. And without coaches, you're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. Yes. I think it's, it's coaches, but coaches need players and players need uh, motivation. And motivation comes from results. You need the, the raw, the raw materials. And the raw materials becomes more and more when you get the chance. When you get someone to look after him and say, wow, this yeah. is a guy. And fortunately, we have now tens of players we could, which you could say, wow, we yeah. want to be that. Uh, media is playing a big role. Uh, the very good thing is we, we do our matches. It's, it's live in TV. Right. Could you imagine that we have all our matches at live in TV and I do commentary myself and we have analyzer studios so between games, between the matches, we analyze the game and we say, well, Ali Farag lost this game because he did that and that and yeah. if he will do that, it will be better. It's like soccer. So yeah. Could you imagine that our millions, millions are watching squash in TV and <laughs> you can imagine how many kids will come and want to play. Yeah, for sure. to be a world champion like yeah, for sure. others. I mean, it, but you, you say you need a champion. I mean, I, I'm in Switzerland, so the biggest champion is Roger Federer. Yes, so, sure. Tennis is not surviving. My favorite. <laughs> yeah. So you need a structure as well, you know, to, 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 to change, uh, change the mentality. I mean, as well, you've changed the mentality of squash in, uh, in Egypt, surely. Um, I think, yes, uh, champions get more players, uh, parents loving the game, 
We start now much, much earlier than before. I think we were the only land in the in Earth which we played tournament under 11. Yeah. And some years ago, British Open changed it because before they said, no, you are wrong. You have to leave the players a little late to decide if they want to, to be in the competition or not. And now we have under nine, some competition. And we have in Blackpool a very new system. It's called Mini Squash. And we started with five years old. Right. And um, they are not really playing, but they have some fun, yeah. some coordinations, yeah. some curves, throwing the ball, catching the balls. All of those small skills, which we let them like the game. Yeah. Uh, they have levels. Uh, it's never matches, but it's small tests to see if they are good or not. We have tests every three months, so four tests per year. And they go from level one to level seven. And if they succeeded in level seven, so they would be in the pre-team under 11. So they have something like seven levels before they are nine years old. Right. So we started really very early and we start the structure a little early. We have a lot of academies in Egypt as well. They do the same system. So a result for that may be surprising because you say you have only 60 courts in Switzerland. I tell you, we have in my, in, my, in my area. Yeah, I see. Okay. Yeah. So, but if we talk about the, the draw size, the players, how many players are playing tournaments, we have under 11, 256 draw. Did you believe that? I can believe Boys it for you. Yes. And 256, 256 girls. And they have to fight, um, I think, to play seven or eight matches to go to the main row with 16 players. So we have really penalty of right, right. raw materials and penalty of players, yes. Okay, that's, that's so nice to hear, so nice to hear. So um, on the women's side, what was, this, what was the secret to the women's side? Because the men came first and then the women came afterwards in terms of success. Yeah. So what is the success story behind this? Were you involved in the women's squash? Um, I'm involved individually by the women because I trained Nura Taib and her husband Ali Farag since he were nine yeah. years old. I trained sometimes uh, Hania Hamam in Heliopolis Club. I trained uh, Nuran Gohar, she came to my academy. I trained um, Rowan Al Arabi, she came to my academy as well. Uh, but I believe uh, women's squash started long time ago with a uh, a very, very good person called Dr. Samiha. Dr. Samiha Wilmak, she was a woman and she, is, uh, she was a, the Egyptian champion 30 years ago. And she put all of her efforts to women's squash. And she started women's squash maybe 20 years ago when we were maybe number eight and nine in the world. And uh, we have a very, very good work with her. Uh, unfortunately, she's passed away two years ago, but she is a, a woman. She was behind. A lot of great players came. Onni, Omnia, Belawi, Engie, Karin's Darwish wife, uh, and now Ranim Elwili. She's the first woman ever to be in the top of, of, the, of the game, number one in the world in any kind of sports in Egypt. And Nurango, Harnuri Shebini, Nur Tayyip, Ruan, Hanya. I like, I think by girls, we are. Um, more stronger than by men, looks yeah. like. Yeah, of course. They are working really hard, Connor, really hard. Are, most of their training, they are playing with men, 
Yeah. Um, and the skills, you don't feel any difference. Um, maybe the speed, yes. If you play the game, sure, you will feel the, the different. But they're working hard. They do it seriously. And full program, fitness, mental skills, respecting the coaches all over and, and doing a lot of work. And I think they deserve to be um, the best of the world now. So, and so to, to juniors, I mean, you're, you're getting stronger and stronger as well. So the, 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 the gap is becoming bigger through in all the sections, basically. So the Americans came over, the British, um, and basically you clean, you, not a clean sweep, but you won most of the events uh, in juniors now. Yeah. What, what do the others have to do to, uh, to compete with you? Yeah, actually, if you, if you, if you look deeper, you will see that um, we are not as good as some years ago in the juniors. For example, some years ago, we had won seven from eight uh, age groups in the, in the British Open, from 13s, 15s, 17s, 19s, they were eight boys and girls, and we won seven. Now we have a lot of competition. Now we have a competition from Malaysia, from Hong Kong, from America, from England, some of the young players. Uh, I think that the juniors needs um, more effort. You know, everyone in the top, he will never stay forever. Uh, we have a very good example, England before Australia, Pakistan, or Jahangas and Janjah. He stayed really a very long time in the top. Now we know the lesson and we try hard to stay in the top as long as possible. And you will never do that without juniors working because they are the upcoming, they are the feeding champions. Um, we are working well. I think we need to concentrate more on the level of the juniors because when I calculate or compare the juniors level now and compare it for some years ago, that's a big difference. I mean, I remember running when he was juniors, when he went to Worlds when he was 16. I got him a white card in the, his first uh, professional career. He won a tournament with 25,000 in his first time ever to be away. I still remember Shurbagi when I coached him in 2004 in India. He was number 18 at the world when he was juniors. When you played the final, he was number 18 in the men. Uh, maybe now the good one is Asal. He is very good for the juniors level. By girls, I think Hanya Al-Hamami and Ruwan Arabi, they are doing very, very well. And surprising, Hanya did win and beat Nur Shabini in, in a platinum tournament with a 160K tournament, a very big surprise. So yes, we are good in juniors, but not as good as before. We need to work hard if we want to keep it for another seven, eight, 10 years. Right. Otherwise, uh, you will not be dominating as we are now. Okay, so uh, are you saying that the ethic of the juniors is not the same as it was before? They're not working as hard, you exactly. said? Okay. Exactly. Is this, this is a yes. problem in uh, a lot of countries. Yeah. Not I before. talk about the level, yes. Still, maybe we are dominating, but when I, when I look after the levels, um, uh, it needs it needs really more more technical side. It needs a very good eye to control juniors. I think this is the most important part in the in the squash uh, industry because if you prepare your junior well, he will go up very quickly. 
And if you try to let him win some tournament because of one or two skills and not a complete player, when he when he become a professional, he will find someone to beat him. So it's very important to work with the juniors in all skills. He needs to have a good technique, a good tactic, a good fitness, uh, a good environment, uh, good experience. All of this together makes a good player. We have some good players, but not a complete as before. Okay, thanks. So back to uh, some of the tournaments in Egypt. So people, I don't criticize the tournament when they don't have people watching. I'm happy to have a tournament to watch. But some of the tournaments, you don't have any people for the first rounds, um, second rounds. They always fall for the semis and the finals. But why is yeah. that? Are they watching on TV or what's happening? Uh, sometimes because of the program, of the, of the matches schedule. Sometimes right. all, the, all the people are working and sometimes we have to do some matches early. Right. And you watch it all over. Maybe yeah. England is the only country which you see all matches, but even in the first rounds are not like the last. But all of the matches, maybe you said something right, all of the matches are live. Right. We see televised. Okay. Uh, they see analyzing after, so they see what's wrong. They see okay. something with slow motion. Uh, yes, maybe we need to push the juniors to come and watch yeah. the first round. At the beginning, maybe we said, we sent all the club's invitations to come for free to be around and to, to watch in live because watching in live is totally different than watching in TV. Uh, but maybe also we have now a lot of tournaments. It's, right. it's not like before. I mean, in the 96, when the pyramids opened, have done at the very beginning, we had 3,000 every day around the pyramids, every right. day, full time. But now it's a lot of tournaments and we have Squash TV there, people are watching. Um, maybe we have to do a little less, but it's not good for the squash. Yes, but we have to find something to let the people come every every two weeks from right. the very beginning. Okay. Well, if they're watching it on TV, then it's it's good as well. So, so how many how many stations are are showing the TV uh, showing the squash show at the same time? Because yeah, I see it's, it's on different. It's only choices. one station. I did the yes. Yes, it's, it's on-time sport. It was on sport, one, one local channel, on sport, and now it's on-time sport. I did the, the communication between them and between Alex Goff. I told him, listen, you need to have squash in Egypt. You need to, to have them live in Egypt because PSA has exclusive uh, uh, agreement with uh, BN Sports, which they do just final and semi-final, it's in Qatar. And I let Alex sit with the people from our on-time sport and they had a deal. And now we do all the tournament in Egypt live. And even we do the quarter final for all of the tournament all over the world. So it's, it's very good for squash, very good to, to do it publicity. And we are live in a very good time. Millions are watching. And I still remember once from Black Ball Open, I came back very late and they say, Joey, Joey Barrington sitting in the, uh, in the lobby. And he told me, why you come very late? I said, well, commentary. And the studio was 60 kilometers away from here uh, because we have to do the commentary from stadium and uh, from studio. And then he asked me, is it worse? How many of you are watching uh, the match? And I told him, yes, it is a statistic now and it's 12 
I think 12 something, 12.7 millions. Wow. And he said, what? It's impossible. I said, yes, I was there in the channel and they told me just now this number. Yeah. And, and he said, are you kidding? I said, no, it's really, it's that much people are watching. That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. So what's, what's going to happen with uh, Ashraf now? Are you going to be poached by another country? If America comes to you and say, hey, Ashraf, come over to the States and uh, we want you to do the same job there. We've got fitness coaches. We've got as many coaches as you like. Would you be tempted? Yeah. Um, I have um, I have my daughters here. I cannot leave them. That's one. Right. I have my business here because I cannot leave them as well. I have my company and, and my workers. Right. Um, but I was everywhere. I was in Australia for the WSF coaching conference. I went to the European squash vacation in Holland. They gave some lectures. Uh, I went to England to to talk to the trainers there with Hong Kong, France, India, Egypt, US. So we have a lot of, uh, I go with the WSF in many conferences in Egypt uh, recently. I could go shortly to tell more experience and to put the, the lines, to do the structure to the good plan to start and to find out the best way and then to go and follow up. But to leave Egypt now, it's, it's difficult. Um, I have been for a long, long time away, right. um, and now I think I love I love my country. I have a lot of, of working, especially I, I build squash course everywhere here. It's, it's booming in Egypt, by the way. Right. <laughs> so right. I'm I'm ready to go to help for a while, for a short time, give them the structures. I have my way. I have my philosophy. Um, I look for very small details. Maybe not everyone could see it, but with time they learn and they, uh, they notice the difference and it, it brings really a very, very good result. Okay. So that's very good to see. So now mm -hmm. you, you said it's booming in uh, Egypt. Of course, I follow the, the squash a little bit, so I, I know some things, but it's becoming in more and more cities. You have more yes. courts in more and more cities. So it's not just yes. Alexandra and Cairo, is that correct? Yes, we have in Tanta and Sharm el in, um, in Minya. It, it starts to spread. It starts to spread. And still, I, I tell you something. Wadi Degla is a club which he has, I think, five or six branches. And he has almost the 60 courts which you have them in your area. Right. It's one club, but it's spread also in many, in many areas. So he has a branch in Alexandria five branches in, in Cairo. So booms, it's booms. In, 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 uh, in Blackwood, we have, as you said, 19 courts. Madinati, 10 courts. The new capital, eight courts, with glass courts. I built three, three glass courts with Portwood, uh, very good courts. So it booms, everyone likes a squash. Now we try, some people, they wanted to build squash in their houses. We become something like America. Right. Our families, they like squash, their uh, son or, or daughter play squash and they build squash course and they got hired the, the coach. I don't think this is the best way to get a champ, but still uh, it's a lot of demand behind squash. And on, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of racquetball. I use that for my juniors. Do you use that? No, actually not. No? Actually not. Okay. We don't have racquetball. Okay. Yeah, not we even start for with, juniors? Uh, with paddles. Right. Yeah, we start with paddles as well. 
but uh, it's still squash. Why is that? Because you have everywhere world champions. You have the stars. They right. become now really stars, Egyptian stars. They come in TV, they come in programs, they come in interviews, they are in the newspapers. And you know, like by you, Pedro, everyone is like to look after him and watch him and, and he's inspiring everyone. So the same in Egypt for squash. Okay, that's nice. So, um, what else can you tell us about the American squash? What, what do they have to do now? They're getting closer, but uh, what, what do they have to do? I think I have 10, 10 of my students are working there already. Right. Uh, a lot of Egyptian coaches are there. They have coaches from England, from Australia, from everywhere. Um, they are doing well. Um, I don't know how the system for the national team is working, uh, but um, squash needs generations. I think even if you do the right step, it will not, you will not see the results in three, four years. Yeah. You need really to have a program uh, to include all of, the, all of the land for it, right. to go after one way of training maybe in a different character for sure. Every trainer has his, his own character, has his own way in training, but let's say you have to put the guide, the best guide to get those players in the best way. And in America, I see a lot of, of good juniors players. We see two half Egyptian, Amanda and Sabrina, they are playing for America and their father is very good friend as a, an ex-Egyptian professional talent. Uh, but America still needs, uh, I don't know, they have the money, they have the coaches, but they are, I, I think that they are working individually. Everyone is working in his way, in his own way, which they are for respect. They have great players, great coaches, very good experience. But I believe if the association collects them and find a, a, a real program, the best out of all of them, and try to do this program regularly from the very beginning till somewhere under 16, under 17, or under 19, I believe they will get a better result. Right. So maybe they're suffering from such a big country. So all the players are spread all over the place. Like you said, Cairo and Alexandra, everyone is yes. in the same two places. It's such a big country. Uh, when I talk to Americans, the East Coast doesn't know what the West Coast is doing. The North doesn't know what the South is doing. They all know about the little area, which is a big area, of course. Yeah. So um, that, that to me is what is one of their problems that they have to solve. So get, getting everything together, basically. So Yes, you are right 100% that if, if the country is so big as US. Yeah. But they have US Open, they have in January. Yeah. In December, sorry, they have the US Open. They have all of them, they come to, to be together in this tournament. Yeah. You could have camps in summer. I think you will find a way all of the time to collect East and West, North and South together. Yeah. somewhere and then to have a short program even to review if you have the program you don't need to be around just tell them we will do that we will do this test and yeah. try to do that and then everyone is learning from the other and then at the end i i believe exchange experience will will get yeah. the better of course results. so amanda is actually in uh, in egypt no does she train in egypt yes amanda and sabrina sabrina actually she's playing in our team in black ball team Right. And um, Amanda, yes, she is. She's around all of the time, and uh, she believes now that Egypt is the right environment. Maybe uh, she will get a better chance if she trains with Egypt, with all of those 
yeah, good girls and good boys. Yeah. Um, Sabrina is training in black ball more with boys than with girls. Right. We have Salma Hani in the team as well. She is number 11. We have Noura Belmakarim. She is 17 years old and she is an upcoming champ. So the atmosphere is there. You have a lot of opportunity. You could play in the morning uh, with a player in the evening and with a player and both in the top 10. No yeah. problem to spend one week in a different players, all yeah. our top players. So environment in Egypt, I believe, it's very good, not only for Amanda and Sabrina, but all over the world. We, we got players from all over the world. They stay here because they find really a very good atmosphere. Everyone is telling them what they have to do. We are not the kind of people which to keep secrets. We, we try to let the others know how it's going on. And um, myself, I, I tell everyone everything almost. And I believe you will find a new thing and a new point and a new way to improve the players every time you watch and watch carefully. Yeah, I mean, there was also, um, is it Natalie Grinham, Rachel Grinham, who was in uh, Egypt quite, quite some time? Yes, I coached her for a long time, by the way, Rachel. Right. And uh, yes, Rachel Grinham, she was in Heliopolis Club and I was head coach there. And uh, I think she improved. She was 35, something like this. Yeah. And when she left, she was something like top 10. Yeah. She stayed for, for three, four years, maybe, in the time of Dr. Samiha. Right. And just to tell you a secret, she, she, uh, she is the, the godfather for Nuri Taib because she was playing in the same team and Nuri Taib was a very young player at that time. Right. And she was playing with one of my favorite players, Muhammad Ali Takashi. He was, I think, the, the number 21 or 22 in the world. And he was under 15 and they were killing each other every day. So Rachel played with boys a lot. Very nice guy, very nice woman, sorry about that. Yeah. Plays with everyone and um, giving all her advices. I like very much to train her. And, uh, yeah. and by the way, she yeah. was uh, very good. She was in, in our last tournament in Black Bowl and she had the first round. Um, the girl was 16 years old, the wild card player from I saw Black that Bowl. She, she won just yeah. about, yeah. She won 10-8 in, the, in, the, in yeah. the fifth, something like this. Yes. Yes. <laughs> she was 42 and her opponent was 17. It was crazy. Yeah. I admire her. She's, I know. She, she's a, it's just an absolute pleasure to see her play. She's so fair play, her fantastic style, you know, and uh, to, to see, see her matches. I don't, I don't know how many more years she'll be playing on the circuit, but every time I watch play, I'd rather watch her than Alice Naraga and uh, Shobagi together. She just, <laughs> she's just amazing to watch. <laughs> She's just amazing to watch, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, and, and it's just so nice when the, the the players are honest on the court. You know, she's 100 percent honest on the yeah. court. You know, as was her the junior she was playing. You know. Ah. So uh -huh. it's nice to see. So it's yeah. it's time to to wrap up. So uh, you've had Ramadan for a month. Yes, that's why I told you let's do it. Uh, Four o'clock because twelve it will be first meal after one month. First <laughs> <laughs> breakfast after a month. <laughs> Were you eating before hours, Ashraf? No, surely not. No, no, no. But it's just just to relax and to enjoy it because you know we, we ate after the sunsets for one month and uh, today is the first day after Ramadan. Right. So it was hard, but uh, we did it. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. And uh, I've been to Cairo once. I, I have to come back to Egypt. It's a country which. Uh, 
just to see how your squash is and how friendly people are. Um, Thank you. And I will, I will definitely come one time. We'll have a, a nice tea together. How about that? Yes, for <laughs> sure. I, I will have a nice company and they will show you all the new clubs. You will imagine. You can't imagine how, um, uh, how new it is. It's like the European standard, really. Very yeah. nice clubs and, and you will like it. And you will like the atmosphere. You love the squash and uh, you will love the atmosphere. Okay. Well, thank you very much, uh, Ashraf. And I'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Thank Take you, care Kevin. and go and enjoy some more food. Don't eat, don't eat some more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye.